Amen. God is so good, is he not? What a beautiful, beautiful time of worship we've had this morning. It's already Christmas time. Are you guys excited? <laughs> already here, already here, but that's a good thing. We celebrate the, the birth of our Savior, Jesus, and what a blessing that that is. And I want to continue with that. We're, we're kind of, uh, we're going to be talking about the joy that is in Christmas today. And I, I want us to do that, but first I want to talk about the death of Herod, all right? Everybody with me on that? Nothing more joyful than the death of Herod. Stay with me. I got a point here, all right? Acts chapter 12 is where we're going to be out of this morning. And I, I want us to look at this and, and see a beautiful message here in Acts. Uh, how the Lord is, is really leading us to, to know that his word is good. Amen. I don't know if you guys, well, you know me a little bit. But the word of God is, is what we need. Amen. Every bit of it. I, I believe this. I believe that from, from the very first page to the very last page that the Bible is what we need. It's all relevant. It's all good. It, re- it rebukes me. It reproves me. It makes me what I need to be. And it is by hearing this word that my faith grows as well. And, and, I, and I see in this story that we're about to read a great joy because the word grew. Because the word went out. Look at verse 20 there in Acts chapter 12. It says, Now Herod was angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon, and they came to him with one accord. And having persuaded Blastus and the king's chamberlain, they asked for peace because their country depended on the king's country for food. On an appointed day, Herod put on his royal robes, took his seat upon the throne, and delivered an oration to them. And the people were shouting, The voice of a God and not of a man. And immediately an angel of the Lord struck him down because he did not give God the glory. And he was eaten by worms and breathed his last. Yuck. But the word of God increased and multiplied. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had completed their service, bringing with them John, whose other name was Mark. Lord God, we love you. We know that you are in this place. God, we know that the words that we're reading here, and Father, this story may not seem like a, like a story about Christmas joy, but Lord, I, I, I think it is because it, if it was true, then it's true now. If it's true at the birth of Christ, then it's true now as we celebrate the birth of Christ. God, I pray today that we would just be a people of the book. I pray that we would live in joy because there is great joy in knowing you, the author and the perfecter of our faith in your most holy name. Amen. Amen. That overriding message I get out of this story. I know it's not the worms and the gross stuff, right? I know some people say that's pretty cool. Probably the teenage boys in here are like, man, that's really cool. We're talking about worms. and, But that's not the overriding message, right? This isn't a, this isn't a story about taking your parasite medicine. It's not what it's about. This, this, this story is about verse 24. Look at verse 24. All of this is going on. Herod's out here and he's just given the church a fit. He, he's trying to keep uh, the church knocked down. There's all this that's going on there, right? And then Herod's this man that's like, you know, he's really prideful. And people are saying, that's a, that's a voice of God. And he dies. All this is going on, but look at verse 24. But the word of God increased and multiplied. It's an important thing. I want you to think about that today. Um, 
when we when we talk about like you know building this church, which by the way we need to pray for a bunch. There's a bunch of sick people here today. They're, no, they're not. Hopefully, you're not here. But there's a bunch of sick people that are not here today. So we need to do pray for them. Um, I've got a couple sickos in my house too. You know, I've been dealing with it myself. So don't let me breathe on you too much. By the way, but the thing about it all is is this this very this very beautiful thing of how the word of God needs to increase in our ministry here. Okay. Everything that we do, the word of God needs to be central. The, the worship, I think, man, Jesse, you do an awesome job bringing in the word of God every week into our worship. You know, we, we try to coordinate, which I don't know if you guys realize this or not, but every Monday we pretty much know what the service is going to look like for the next Sunday. We're, we're like, we're good to go, you know? And, and this idea that, that you and I, are coming together as the church here in, in McLeod. It's a wonderful thing. It's a beautiful thing. I love what God is doing. Let us be reminded that the word of God has to be central. It has to be that, that central point there. And, and it needs to increase. And then here's the cool thing, that idea of multiplied. I want you guys to think about that for a moment. Why, why is the word multiplied there? The reason I believe the word multiplied is there is because as they increased the word of God, then more people came to Jesus. More people came to Christ and they were able to multiply, not just adding, but they were multiplying, right? And, and I believe this. I, I, you know, we think, well, you know, if we add some people to the church, you know, one person's good here, one person's good there. Honestly, the, the design is that we all go out and we all bring people to Christ. That's the design. It's a multiplication. Like you going out, it, it's not like uh, Daniel gets saved and I come to church, right? And then all uh, we get one more person to come in. That's not the how, we're, how it's really designed to work. It's me going out and getting one or two more, right? Three more. If everybody does that, it'd be a good thing. Not just for our church, but it'd be a good thing for the kingdom of God, which is really the important thing, amen? That's exactly why we're doing this. And so this overriding message that sticks out to me, and I can't, I can't get around it, even with the worms and all of that. What I do understand today is that the word of God increased and it multiplied. If we want a design for how we are to go into 2023 as a church, increase the word of God and watch it multiply. That's what we have to keep doing. You know, I think it's inter- interesting that uh, we, a lot of times we think, well, if we, you know, if we do more programs within the church, we'll get more people here. Here's what I'd know, that as, as, as a pastor, as you guys, as, a, as great members here, what we need to know today is that a good church, a good strong church, it doesn't grow overnight, right? It doesn't. Um, you can't grow an oak tree overnight. A, a really strong ministry doesn't grow overnight. But when you're faithful in the Word of God, because the Word of God is what we need to, to be our nutrients. The Word of God is exactly what we need. And as we increase it, we're going to see God multiply. I'm excited for 2023. You know, a few months ago, I didn't know we'd have a ukulele up here. How wonderful is that? That's just so cool. You know, I was just like, oh, somebody came in the office last week and they were like, hey, there's some new girl on stage. I was like, yeah, she's here. All right, cool. God just keeps bringing people our way. And I'm excited about like living life with you people. You know what I mean? Like Jesse, I didn't know you barely a year ago. I just started to get to know you. And now we're, we're getting ready to go into a Muslim nation this week, right? I'm excited, excited for that. I think God's going to do great things there. But, but the way that God puts us together, right? 
It's beautiful. Uh, and I th- it's all a work of God, right? That God does this. And as we come together as the church, some of you that I'm still getting to know, some of you I may not, I may not know very well. But as we come together, let us increase the word of God and let us see it multiply. This is a fact. You know what? It's a fact of great joy. How many of y'all like being joyful? All you, all you sooner brothers out there, right? I need some joy this morning. It's terrible. It's terrible. What were you, what were you thinking, you know? There's, there's so much so much joy that we need in this world. That's a, that's a silly one. Not really. I'm done with football for the year, by the way. But what I do know is that the gospel is good. What I do know is that the word of God is good and that it brings great joy. That after, after being uh, sitting in front of the TV yesterday watching all kinds of football, I can come here and preach with joy because the word of God brings joy. If you need joy in your life, get the word of God in there. Increase the word of God in your life. That's where your great joy is. And this example is how we are to live our lives. Look at Luke chapter 2. Uh, we read a little bit, of, we read this earlier. I'm not going to read through all of it. But I like this passage. If you watch um, Charlie Brown Christmas, this is the passage they read, you know. Linus gets up there and I always get teary-eyed when he gets up there and reads the Bible story because they're all worried about a tree or worried about a play. They're worried about all this stuff. And Linus gets up there and he's like, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration with Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. The shepherds and the angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy and will be for all the people. I love that passage because it, it, it does give me that picture. I think if I could relate to anybody in the, in the, the whole Christmas story, it's the shepherds, right? I mean, can you imagine just being a shepherd? Which, by the way, at this point, um, people say, well, shepherds, you know, they were like good, hardworking people. Yeah, they were. But, but if you kind of read up on it a little bit, what we know is that shepherds were also kind of known as like vagrants. They were kind of known as imposters. Or, they, they were people that were coming and they were, they were living on other people's land feeding their sheep. That's really what it comes down to. You guys remember the range wars back in the 1800s in America? That was happening at this point in history in Judea. So people didn't really look to the, the shepherds as like these upstanding citizens. They looked to the shepherds as someone who was like, man, why, why are you like bringing all this sheep poop to my door? You know, I don't like walking on it. I don't like smelling it. But who does God call? You know, as you're reading through the story, God calls that, that unlikely group. He calls an unlikely group that are just out there in the fields watching their, their flocks. They're just out there. And God says, I'm going to show you something beautiful tonight. 
And if I was to say something this morning that whenever the word of God is proclaimed, right? I like to proclaim the word of God, don't you? But whenever the word of God is proclaimed, there is the glory of the Lord. You guys want to see God move? Show hands right now. Yeah, I'm going to make, I'm going to make you do something. You want to see God move? Proclaim the word. Okay? Again, going back to, going back to the Acts account. They proclaimed it and multiplied. If we want to see the glory of God, we proclaim the word of God in everything that we do. You know, I, I think it's, it's too much, it's too much um, uh, cultural stuff that goes on. And, and so we think, well, how can I live my life without being a part of the culture? You proclaim the word of God. What about your kids? How do you keep your kids on the straight and narrow? Proclaim the word of God. How do you, how do you guide a church? How do you, how do you grow a church? Proclaim the word of God. How do you live uh, for you know, 10 days in Turkey? You proclaim the word of God, right? Everything that we do, we proclaim the word of God. And in that, we know that the glory of the Lord is going to be there. God's glory will be there. It's no doubt. If we want to see God move, focus on the word of God. If we want to know the glory of God, if we want to experience the beauty of God, and if we want to be used by the hand of God, then we must live in the word of God. Man, I don't know about y'all, but I get excited when God moves, don't you? I get excited when God moves, when God does great things. I told y'all last week about my buddy and his wife had had the, the big mass on her, on, her, on her body there. And they went in one day and they said, yep, she's got cancer. The next day they go in there and they can't find it. I know some people may say, well, that was, you know, miscalculation on the camera's part or something. No, she had a giant mass. And when people prayed, God healed her. That excites me. That, that, those, those kinds of things. That, that when we know without a shadow of a doubt that God moved. And I think we should want that every single day of our lives. Don't you agree? Well, I hope we do that. I hope we know that. J.I. Packer says that our high and our privileged calling is to do the will of God in the power of God for the glory of God. Everything we do is for the glory of God. Now, what do you guys do for a living? Everybody's got a different job here. Maybe you're retired. I'm kind of jealous. Maybe, maybe, maybe you, you work for yourself. Maybe you work for a company. Maybe you have the greatest boss. Maybe you have the worst boss in the world. Here's what I do know. Here's what I do know is that no matter what we do, we do it for the glory of God. Everything. I, I, uh, I believe this and I, and I, I want this to be like, you know, something that we, that we focus on as a church. Do we want to, do we want to appease and, and let people in our community know that we love them? Sure. Do we want to make them happy? Sure. But here's the thing. We work for an audience of one. And if we put God first, he's going to draw all people to him. Now we, we, again, we can sit here and we can say, well, we're going to do, we're going to do a big old coffee bar every Sunday. Which I think it's a great idea, but that's another thing. Which thanks to our youth pastor, he brought me coffee this morning because I was out. We we could do all kinds of programming. We could do all kinds of things. We could do trips. I mean, how many of y'all would like to do a trip? Let's go. Let's all go to Europe, you know, and tell people about Jesus. Let, let's all go. You know what I mean? Let's let's go to the let's go to the Caribbean. I'm all about that one. 
I really wish Oklahoma was bordering the ocean. It would be the perfect state for sure. We do all these cool things, but if we don't put the word of God in the center, it's for nothing. You can do all these things. We could do a trip. But if the word of God is not proclaimed, then the glory of God is not going to be there either. I have high hopes for our trip to Turkey because I know that we're going to proclaim the word of God. I've been reading Revelations 1 and 2 like over and over. The other day, uh, Jet, he had a basketball game. Um, and so on the way home, I just had it playing on repeat, you know. Some English guy reading the Bible. John's a little, you know, it's like all that. And I, I, was, I was just leading, reading it over and over again because I'm like, okay, I'm going to these seven churches that are in Turkey. I, I want to just, I want to be, I want to be where I need to be mentally. And as I'm listening to that, there's, there's all these messages. You know, John, John was writing to him and he was like, hey, you guys do this well, but you don't do this well. You do this well, but man, you could do better here. You've lost your first love, right? Ephesus. Here's the thing. Whenever the word of God is proclaimed, the glory of God is there. I want that in my life. And honestly, guys, as your pastor, I want to see God working big things in your life too. I want to see the, the glory of the Lord shining in your life. As, as we continue to come together, I mean, I don't know about y'all, but I don't want to just be a church that just exists every Sunday. We keep the doors open, you know? Just keep paying those bills. Keep the lights on. Keep the fans turning. Man, this place, I could see this place as just a life-giving place where the Lord is working. And how do we do that? Proclaim. <laughs> Proclaim the Word of God and see the glory of God. Second thing I would say this morning is that where the Word of God is proclaimed, there is no fear. Now, I know there's fear. You're supposed to fear the Lord, right? That translation, that word, that fear is this idea of reverence. I'm talking about real fear. We're not to go out here and just scare people to death. You know, I can remember as a kid, we'd go to these things called hell houses. You guys remember those? I guess they still exist. But I remember going to them and like, you know, I'm a pretty good, I was a pretty good Christian. I'd leave out there like really convicted. Like, well, I guess I'm going to hell now, you know. But you go to these places and they just make you feel terrible that, and they do all these terrible things right there in front of you. People, you know, shooting themselves or a car wreck or something like that, right? There's all these things. And it was like almost, and don't get me wrong here, like I think they have their merit. But I don't think we should be scaring people to know Jesus either. A reality is without Jesus, it's hell. We know that. But at the same time, I'm not going to sit here and say, well, you know, I'm going to make you scared to know Jesus. Well, you got to be scared in order to know Jesus. No, what you need to do is realize you're a sinner and see Jesus as that help. I spent 15 years as a firefighter and we would go into schools and we would, you know, try to help people and help the kids. And and one of the things we we would always, every year, we would, we would gear up completely, right? We'd put on the SCBA, we'd put everything on. And the reason we did that wasn't just because it's cool, even though it is. But the reason we did that is so kids wouldn't be scared of us. In case we needed to be their help in the middle of the night sometime, they wouldn't be scared of us. Guys, I don't think Jesus wants us to be scared of him in that sense. I think he wants us to come to him as a child, to have faith in him and to find him as Savior, right? With, with the angel came the glory of God. We know that. 
Shepherds in the field that night, and here comes the angels, and they're proclaiming the glory of God shones around them. And with that, with this shining majesty of God, that glory of God, that's the sight of God that we need to see in our lives. That's the sight of God that, as humans, it's going to allow us to be people who can respond to it in confession. How many of us need to confess sin today, right? Amen. That glory of God allows us to worship. How many of us need to worship today? Now, I don't mean, you know, three songs to sit down. I'm not talking that. I'm talking real worship. Real worship where you're getting, getting your hands dirty for the Lord. Real praise. The word proclaimed, it's not just to invoke fear. I don't want to just be a preacher. And I've had pastor friends over the years. They would go, you know, they'd go down to Bricktown. I tried it one time. And it just wasn't my cup of tea. But they go down to Bricktown and stand on the corner and tell you know, everybody there, well, because you're going in Hooters or because you're going in, you know, uh, some bar or something like that, then you're going to hell. They would literally preach that. I'm like, wait a minute. I mean, it might be true. It might be. Yeah, it's true. But what you need to do is to show them the love of Jesus, though. Not just scare them into it. Be that firefighter who puts on the gear and says, you know what? This is what it looks like, right? This is what it looks like to be a Christian. Don't be afraid of this. I'm just going to point you to Jesus, and you don't have to be afraid of him either. How do we do that? Proclaim the word of God. I find it interesting, and, I, and I've, I've experienced this in my ministry over the years. You know, um, I don't have to get up on stage and talk negatively against adultery, for one. I don't, have to, I don't have to be mean to people and scare people about it. I don't have to talk negatively about tithing. I've had people tell me in the past, you don't preach a lot about tithing. No, I don't. And here's the reason. If you preach the truth, people are going to do what God purposes on their hearts. I don't have to be, I don't have to be negative Nancy about homosexuality or the, the new pronouns. I'm so confused by pronouns nowadays. I thought I was confused by pronouns in high school. It is, it is way more confusing now. Here's the thing. What you need to know is that as we proclaim the word of God, change happens. Multiplication, it happens. And there doesn't have to be fear. I want people to be able to come here and hear the word of God, don't you? I don't want people being scared. And what's, what's to me is, is a travesty in America today is there's a lot of people who are living out here on the fringe and they won't come to church because we've kind of been ugly to them, to be honest. We've not treated them like we should. We've invoked fear on them instead of showing them that Jesus is someone who, who, who brings love. Why? So they can be changed. I mean, can you imagine next week in Turkey, if I go out there and I was like, oh, you Muslims, you're all going to hell. What if I did that? You know? You're probably not going to see me again. Preach love, though. Our approach next week when we go go to Turkey is um, we have, we have a guide who's kind of he kind of knows people he knows areas, um, which by the way, if we preach the gospel, it's actually arrestable where we're going. But I know that God's going to do something awesome. He he, we we got a good guide. He's he's going to give us people that are you know not bad people. But preaching the gospel, how can we not do that? You know, 
How can I not preach the gospel of Jesus Christ? How, how can I not be, if I just get up here on every Sunday morning and just make you guys, you know, uh, feel better about yourself, what's the point? What's the point in all of that? But if I get up here every Sunday, week in and week out, and I proclaim the word of God, the glory of God is here. I felt it this morning. And there's no fear. You know, I, I hope that you as a person, if you're dealing with sin or if you're dealing with hard times, I, I hope that you feel like you can come to me or one of our other staff. Why? Because there's freedom in knowing Jesus. There's love in knowing Christ. And I, I hope that you know that this morning. The word of God proclaim, it's not just there to invoke fear. The word proclaim is to invoke confession, worship, and a life worth of living. At the end of the day, do you guys want to live a life that you're proud of? I do. You know, I'm getting a little bit older now, right? I look back on my life and I'm like, okay, so things are different now than they were 20 years ago. You bet. How do I live a life that's worth living? Lift by the word of God. Why? Well, for one, the word sets us free. You need to be set free today? The word of God does it. The word cleans us out. Do you need to be clean today? The word does it. The word heals us. Do you, want, do you want to be healed? The word of God does that. The word renews our mind. This is something I believe we all need. Our minds can get so just messed up and jumbled by everything that's going on in the world, right? We get everything backwards. But the word of God straightens all that out. It's profitable for that. The word of God, it enlightens us. I need enlightenment. It builds our faith and it empowers us. You know, I do believe this. As Christians, you don't have to walk around all defeated with your head down. Right? You don't don't have to be ashamed that you're a Baptist. (laughs) You you don't have to be ashamed that that you go to First Baptist McLeod. You don't have to be ashamed that, that you're a Christian. Walk proudly, walk boldly in your faith. Not, not angry, not, not looking down on people, but you're just proud. You know what? God has done this for me and he can do it for you. And honestly, all that is is proclaiming the word of God, isn't it? It's proclaiming the word of God and surely we can do that. You know, our, our brother Paul, when, when he was going through all he did and when he, when he uh, converted to Christianity, right? When God got a hold of him, he had to convert a lot of people into thinking he was okay. To where they could trust him again. And, and I think we, we often, we, we kind of make the statement, well, I can't believe that anybody would trust Paul because Paul killed their grandma or something like that, right? I can't believe anybody would trust Paul again. They were able to trust Paul because Paul preached the word. You can't fight that, you know? You can't fight that at all. If you preach the word of God, that's what needs to be done. Last point this morning, where the word of God is proclaimed, there is great joy. Those shepherds that night, when they saw all of that and they go into town and they see Jesus there, right? And they're just like, oh, this is really cool. And then they go back. They have this great joy. And Mary, she sees all this and she ponders it in her heart, right? I love that, that verse. Mary thinks about these things. It's a, it's a joy. Why? Because the word of God was proclaimed. Literally, the word of God was proclaimed that night in a manger. The word of God was laid out there. Everybody could see it. Hey, this is beautiful. 
the glory of God, of God was there. Uh, there wasn't fear. The people were able to come and see Jesus, and they're like, oh, this is, this is Messiah. This is Mashiach. He's here to save us, right? This is a wonderful thing. And then also, there's great joy. I have joy today as a believer in Jesus Christ. Not just joy, but great joy. Right? I'm going to say that again. because I know you are Baptist, but come on now. I have great joy today. It's great. I'm not talking joy like when you're eating a piece of your mom's pecan pie, okay? That's really good joy. But that ends. It's over after a little bit. I'm talking great joy. It's perpetual. It, it, it's, it's multiplying. It's always there. The pie runs out. Jesus doesn't. There's great joy in knowing Jesus. And there's great joy in hearing the word of God. And how do we have great joy? Man, if you want great joy in your life, get into the word of God. Get into the word of God. If you're just having a really hard time being happy right now, get into the word of God. I believe that's that's what we need to do as we go into this season. And I, I uh, you know, every every holiday season since my dad's passed is always kind of bittersweet, right? You guys know what that's like. You lose somebody and they're not there. Like, like Thanksgiving is always hard for me because my dad not there. It's kind of good because I know where he's at. He's you know he's in a way better place. That sounds really cliche, but he is. But our great joy is not in the the loss that we have in this life. The great joy is in the Word of God. And what the Word of God teaches me is that one day we'll all be reunited in a place that was designed for us. Revelation, it tells us that that the Lord's going to wipe every tear away. Why? Great joy. I can't imagine what that's going to be like. You know? I mean, is heaven going to be like, you know, all you worship people are going to be up there, just everybody's jamming. You know, we think we got a lot of musicians on stage here. I mean, can you imagine like all Christian musicians across the ages on a big stage worshiping God? That's what it's going to be like. The beauty in that, but the great joy that will be there. We don't have to worry about people dying. We don't have to worry about um, taxes or the, or the, you know, we don't have to worry about uh speeding down the highway, getting a ticket. We don't have to worry about any of this kind of stuff anymore. We, we don't have to worry about our Sooners losing another game, right? They're going to be perpetual winners for the rest of eternity. I don't know. That's not even biblically right, but I'm just trying to make myself feel better after yesterday. Great joy. I, I have great joy today because the Word of God. I'm thankful for people who, who read the Word of God to me, who taught me the Word of God, who, who invested in me. I'm thankful for that because I can have great joy today. Even if the worst things happen, I can have great joy. Romans 10, we, we read where, you know, we had this ability to bring great joy to other people. Paul says it, you know, that, hey, you need to go tell people about Jesus. But then in Romans, we read where it says that the word of God is, it's on our lips. It's right here. It's that close. The gospel, the word, the, the message that should be proclaimed is just right here. Everybody here, stick your tongue out. 
Hey, you can put them back in. That's it's kind of gross. We all have a tongue, right? Everybody, everybody put your fingers in the air. Do this. You all got fingers? We can talk. We can type. We can message. We can let people know that Jesus is the King of Kings. Amen? And man, when we're going to do that, when we, when we take time in our lives to go and to actually proclaim the gospel, we're going to see the glory of God. We're going to not have fear. It's just going to be openness and freedom and joy. Great joy. Church, let's be adamant about proclaiming the gospel. Amen. It's right there. What do, what do we proclaim? Well, we proclaim this. That all people have sinned, all have fallen short of God's glory. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And if you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. We need to share that. You need to have a very comfortable feeling sharing your testimony and sharing the gospel. What the world needs today is not another Baptist church. What the world needs today is not another Baptist preacher, right? What we need, yeah, we do need more Baptist. Actually, I'll take that back. But you know what I'm saying? We need more people proclaiming the gospel. That's really what we need. I challenge you this this holiday season, this Christmas season, as we go from now till December. And guys, I, I won't get to see you till like, we'll be back the 13th of December, right? And uh, this is one of the hardest things I've had to do, but we're doing it. God's going to bless it. Amen. God's going to do some great stuff there. But as we go, I want you guys to, to be praying that God would just move in mighty ways. And really, that we would have opportunities to proclaim the word of God and not get arrested too, right? You know, that we'd be able to proclaim the word of God and, and just see people changed. That we would be able to go over there to Christians who are in country, people that live there that are Christians, we can go and encourage them. But that we might have opportunities to proclaim so that we can see the glory of God in Turkey once again. If you, if you, if you want to look, um, Revelation chapters 1 and 2, right? It's all there. These churches, they were very powerful in Turkey. They don't exist anymore. You read through there and you read where, you know, John's like, uh, Jesus tells him, hey, tell them if they don't do this that I'm going to take their candlestick away. Well, that's exactly what's happened. It's all gone now. But Jesus will give it back. We look at America, we say, well, America's gone. There's no hope for America. No, we need to keep proclaiming the gospel. There's nothing that says that America can't be a shining gospel light in the end times. We can't be. We don't give up. We proclaim the word. We see the glory of God. We live in great joy. I'm going to ask Brother, Brother Ray if you would come up and uh, Brother Austin as well. <clears throat> I'm about to lose my voice, so this is a good time to stop, right? I ask you guys to come up and um, we're just going to have a time of a prayer for, for Jesse and myself and then we're going to partake of the Lord's Supper um, together. And so, um, you know, as we're going into this time, just just have a heart of uh, just reaching out to God. At this time, um, if you would like, please come up. And uh, as I lead us in prayer, 
please come up and pray with them, if you would, please, if you can, if you're able to. And uh, because this is going to be a time of sending them off, as we like to say, but more importantly, sending, that's, that's not even you. It's not even our drummer. But sending them off, you know, just to be blessed and to be guided by your spirit. So please come up and pray as a group and lay hands on them if you'd like. Don't, don't, you can, just don't breathe on each other, okay? And then I'll lead us and I'll close this. But pray with me once everybody gathers. Father, we just thank you. We praise you to take our pastor and Jesse, Brother Daniel and Jesse, as they go forth. They've been talking about this for months and months and months, but Lord, I know they're anxious. I know they're wanting, they're waiting in anticipation of what you're going to do them and the others that they're going to be meeting up with. And Father, this is exciting. We're going to be with them. We're going to be with them in prayer. We're going to be with them in support. We're going to be with them in just the fact of them being over there. And Lord, we get to see this. We get to witness this. We get to hear the stories. We get to hear the glory of God as he talked about this morning. And Father, we just give them to you. They've already been yours. But Father, we just give them to you to get them safely home too. Father, we thank you. We thank you that we have this opportunity. And Lord, we know that they're going to be blessed. We're going to be blessed, but more importantly, you're going to be glorified. Father, we ask this in the guidance in their lives, ours. In the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. This time, it's my great honor for us to remember what the Lord did through us, did for us through uh, His shed blood and His broken body. I'm blessed today to know that because of what this table stands for, we walk in freedom. It's not something to be taken lightly. Uh, and I, I'm going to read through this, and I want to take a time of prayer. I'll say Amen, and at that time, you can come around and partake uh, as you want. Um, but I pray that we're we're seeking from a from a pure heart. Um, not just because, you know, it's the holiday season, not just because we're going to Turkey tomorrow or Wednesday. Uh, it, we're doing this because we want to remember what Jesus did for us. Our great and everlasting hope that brings great joy. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, he says, For I received from the Lord and also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, The cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. 
But whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks of the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. This is why many of you are weak and ill and some of you have died. But if we judged ourselves truly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined so that we may not condemn, be condemned with the rest of the world. So then, my brothers, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. If anyone's hungry, let him eat at home. So that when you come together, it will not be for judgment about the other things. I will give direction when I come. Let's take a moment here. I'm going to pray and just examine your heart. Um, when I say amen, just go ahead and come forward and you can partake. Um, you kind of come up here, grab your cup, and you can partake over on the side. We have trash cans there for the uh, for the rest of this. But let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we love you. We thank you. Lord, we take this 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 meal today, not lightly. Lord, we 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 do this because we know that what you did for us. We know that you subjected yourself to great torture and humiliation. But because of your shed blood, because of your broken body, we have freedom today and we say thank you. We remember that. God, I'm not holy. We're not holy. We're not set apart because of our own works. We're, we're set apart because of you. God, if there be anything in our lives that would be contrary to your, to your will, God, we pray that you would just remove them as far as the east is from the west, that you may be glorified in us. Father, we love you. We ask that you would set this, these next few moments aside as a holy time of remembering what Christ did for us in your most holy name. Amen.